Support for this episode of Sage Aging comes from Polk Elder Care Guide. Designed with families in mind, Polk Elder Care Guide gives you the tools and education necessary to make quality choices about senior care and living options in Polk County, Florida. Available in both English and Spanish, you can view the guides and much more online at polkeldercare.com. Seven out of 10 people over the age of 65 will need some type of long-term care and support in their lifetime. With the high cost of care, how can you prepare in advance? Will Medicaid cover the cost of care? What benefits do you have access to as a veteran or spouse of a veteran? If you need answers about Medicaid planning or veterans' benefits, then this is the podcast episode for you. Hi, I'm Liz Craven, and like so many of you, I've been a caregiver for people that I really loved. I understand how tough the day-to-day of a caregiver can be and how hard it is to come by good information. Here's one thing I know for sure. Education is key. Equipped with the right tools and good information, caregivers will experience less stress and find better balance in day-to-day life. I've built my career on connecting older adults and those who care for them to the education and resources they need to navigate the aging journey. This show is dedicated to the same. Welcome to the Sage Aging Podcast. Hit subscribe now and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Sage Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Craven. This is episode 13 and the fourth episode of a five-part series addressing the legal side of the aging process. In episode 12, we talked about long-term care planning and asset protection. If you missed that, you'll want to circle back and listen to that and the other episodes in this series because they all overlap each other and you need all the pieces of the puzzle to get a clear picture. In this episode, we're going to dig a little deeper into long-term care planning and talk about Medicaid planning. What is Medicaid planning? Can I qualify for Medicaid without giving away all of my assets? When is the right time to do Medicaid planning? We'll also touch on veterans' benefits. What's available? How do I know if I qualify? My guest today is elder law attorney Tim Darby of Darby Law Group. Half of a father-son team, Tim serves his clients alongside his father, Ben Darby. With a combined 59 years of experience, Tim and his father, Ben, are very well-versed in all things elder law, and I'm just thrilled to have Tim here today. To learn more about Tim and Darby Law Group, be sure to check the links section of the show notes for this episode, which can be found in the blog post for episode 13 at sageaging.us. Welcome to the show, Tim, and thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it, and I truly appreciate all that you have done with your organization, with the Elder Care Guide, as well as Sage Aging uh, with the podcast and the blog. It's extremely important to provide information to our elders as well as 
their children. Um, typically, we see the children asking more questions than the elders that need care. But y'all have done an exceptional job in Polk County, and I truly appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Tim. I sure appreciate that feedback. You know, the last few weeks have been jam-packed with great information. And honestly, we could probably do an entire podcast focused solely on elder law and never run out of things to talk about. As a matter Definitely. of fact, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's something you should do, Tim. There's there's a bee in your bonnet. <laughs> great. Thanks. But, yeah. In all seriousness, this series was designed to hit the highlights of each area of elder law and give our listeners a base knowledge of what they need to know. Now, it goes without saying that we're not here to dispense legal advice today of any kind, and I'd encourage anyone listening to reach out to Tim or any other elder law attorney directly to answer specific questions that you might have. You'll find contact information for Darby Law Group in the show notes, as well as a link to an elder law locator so you can find an elder law attorney in your own area. So a few weeks ago, when we kicked off our elder law series, we asked our social media followers, if you could ask an elder law attorney anything, what would that be? So if it's okay with you, I'd like to get one of those questions answered today, Tim. Of course. Okay. Robert from Florida would like to know, as an elder law attorney, what's the most common mistake that you see people make? Honestly, the most common mistake I see is a lack of planning or no planning at all. This is not a topic that we like to think about a whole lot, but it's definitely something that will happen. So to have planning in place, to have a will, to have a power of attorney, a healthcare surrogate, and perhaps a living will, that's the biggest start in this conversation. And we don't want to think about that, but Honestly, that's the most common mistake because we put it in our back pockets and we don't think about it. And sometimes it's too late. And then we get into a crisis situation, which causes even more issues. That is so very true. And I know you've seen it time and time again. And, and I myself have seen that. We typically get a lot of phone calls from people who are in a crisis situation looking for a way out. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that anybody can do. There are some things that you can do, but pre-planning is the key and knowing what you need and making sure that your documents are in place. And we talked a lot about that in episode 10. That was the first of this series. And that's definitely something, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that because you need that base. And that's something that to explain to clients, um, I almost see it as preventative medicine. So if you have heart issues or if you have high blood pressure and things like that, if you don't take care of that, then you're going to end up in the emergency room. So if you continue to take care of yourself, and that also involves paper and attorneys and things like that, then it's much easier should something happen. Um, It's extremely important to obviously take care of your health, but as well as um, have your documents in place. Absolutely. Well, we covered a lot of that early on, and now we are ready to dig just a little bit deeper. And I want to talk to you today about Medicaid planning. Now, everybody's heard of Medicaid. I think that most are 
probably not clear on what Medicaid really is and the fact that there are many different Medicaid programs. So can we start there? Give us a good definition, a good base knowledge of what Medicaid and Medicaid planning are. Absolutely. Medicaid and Medicare are different. And that's another thing that we hear a lot. Um, You are eligible for Medicare at a certain age, regardless. Medicaid has a lot of different programs, a lot of major great programs. But as far as long-term care planning, there are benefits that are available for at-home care, as well as assisted living facility care, and long-term care. So some programs and the rules differ as far as the provision of services and things like that, but there are services for that, and Medicaid is considered a welfare program, so a lot of people think, well, I won't qualify, and that's most certainly not the case in most situations. I think that that is probably the biggest misconception that I know of, is people thinking that Medicaid is just for people who have nothing. Absolutely. Um, So why would someone engage in Medicaid planning then? Well, should they need funds to provide for any type of service through their lifetime, whether it be at home, at an assisted living facility, or in a skilled nursing home, they should engage in at least looking into it and talking with somebody to make sure that they are eligible. And I have seen very few clients that would not be eligible based on their asset structure. So it's most certainly important to look into, especially for the caregiver, if it's a husband and a wife. This is true, because how many times have we seen a spouse be left behind after working through their entire life savings on the care for the spouse who has passed, and they're standing there left with nothing? Absolutely. And that's why you must consult with an attorney. And I love all of the attorneys, our elder law attorneys in Polk County are exceptional. But you must consult with an attorney just to ensure your eligibility or at least look at things so that you can possibly protect your assets and continue without self-paying your life savings and your legacy to your children away. Who can assist with Medicaid planning? I would strongly suggest that a licensed attorney with a background in Medicaid planning assist you. There are some companies that offer to do that as well, but if you do not sit face-to-face with an attorney during this planning process, I am not for that. I would prefer to have a face-to-face contact with the power of attorney or the spouse or the child in order to discuss what can be done, if anything, in order to protect their assets. That makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly, it's kind of like when you go to a specialist, a doctor of any kind, you're not going to go to a pediatrician if you need geriatric medicine. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) very true. Though when I came home from college, I actually still met with my pediatrician doctor in it. Um, That's great. (laughs) So, um, but yes, that's true. I mean, there's a certain point where there's a financial issue that comes into play as far as some companies that are out there that plan for Medicaid. And there's just a difference between meeting with an attorney face to face as opposed to 
other issues. It sounds like it could help you avoid some legal issues as well by using an attorney. It would save, uh, as far as financially, it would save quite a bunch of money. Very good. Does Medicaid planning vary from state to state, or is it fairly standard across the board? It does vary from state to state. Um, Florida is actually a very good state to live in if you would like to do Medicaid planning. Medicaid is a federal state program. So in that situation, the federal government decides to give certain amount of money down to the states and the states through different agencies provide that money for Medicaid. So yes, it varies. The rules between uh, Florida and New York are extreme and it depends. So if you meet with an attorney in New York and your parents are in Florida, Those rules are massively different, especially with homestead and other exempt assets. Well, that brings up a good point that because people move from state to state all the time, if you have recently moved to a new state, then it sounds like it's advisable to go and meet with an elder law attorney in your new state. It would definitely be worth to get advice just to make sure that everything's been done. Typically, if you're already qualified for Medicaid, then a transfer can be made down, which takes a little bit of work, but it's not too bad. Uh, If you're not qualified, then we have to look toward the state. And we have a massive network of attorneys all over the country that have helped us numerous times in order to make sure that everything stays the same if you're already qualified. If not, then we work based on the Florida law. Fantastic. So when should individuals begin planning? So the planning process can happen in a lot of ways. If you're already in an emergency situation, if someone is in the hospital and is to be released to a nursing home for rehab, That's a really big start to make sure that you are able to qualify. And that's when we get into the facts of looking at assets and looking at the total situation as well as estate planning. Um, Another reason to do it, and we actually see this a lot, is early onset dementia. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And as far as Parkinson's, for example, Parkinson's exacerbates dementia. So if you get that diagnosis, then we can at least lay out a plan for you to make sure that everything's protected. So when and if something should happen at that point, we can plan for it before. So it's one less thing that your children or your spouse have to have to deal with at that point. Is there a certain time frame that is better for people to begin their planning process than others? Yes. Um, if And for my long-term care insurance people out there, absolutely. If you can get long-term care insurance, absolutely get it. However, it does not cover everything as far as what the nursing home needs. So we're talking nursing home at this point. So. Right. Time frame wise, just make sure that your plan's in place. If you have a power of attorney, then whoever your agent is, as long as they're competent, can help work with an attorney in order to make those plans for you. So time frame, I mean, it could happen to me tomorrow. My youngest client that I've had was in his 40s 
and obviously there was no plan in place. And we had to work with them because he was no way going to leave that facility. So there's no time like the present, I would say. Uh, we like to overlook it. Um, the basic estate planning documents, which you've already covered, are a perfect example of how to protect yourself and then let an expert within Medicaid help plan your future to protect your legacy and your assets. That is certainly a message that bears repeating, that if you don't have your basic documents in place, run, don't walk to your nearest elder law attorney. And I think that's something that people overlook and they put it off for tomorrow. And a lot of times because they just are not in that mindset. It's an uncomfortable thing to face those later years of our life and know that it's time to prepare and so I think that people leave it behind thinking I'll get to it tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. Exactly. And, and I also being somewhat younger, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling older. Um, but it, that's another thing that our, some of our young professionals overlook massively is you have two young children. Uh, do you have a will? Well, I don't need a will. Things like that. Well, what's going to happen with your children? What's going to happen with this? And it's not old people stuff. It's every people stuff. If you're 18 years old or older, you need to consider some type of plan, especially if you have children. And Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest message I can honestly send at this point. So is there a big difference between planning for long-term care when you have assets versus someone who has minimal assets? There's not a big difference, to be completely honest. So our whole process is an initial meeting, and we take all of your asset information and make sure that we have all of it. Sometimes we get surprises, but just to make sure that you are qualified. If you do not have assets within the asset limit, then you can qualify. So there there have been many times that I have had the opportunity, and I actually take joy in this, to actually tell somebody, you don't need me. All you need to do is apply. Uh, you can pay me to do it, or you can apply yourself. But that's my biggest joy, the same with uh, veterans benefits, with which I imagine we'll get to later, but that's my biggest joy and it does not make funds for anyone, but it saves a lot. So it's, it's extremely exciting just once you see the assets uh, to make sure that if they don't qualify to protect them, if they already qualify, then all you have to do is apply. Very good. Now, what happens if I don't have a plan in place? Well, if you don't have a plan in place, that depends on the ability of the individual. If the individual can actually sign a power of attorney and they have capacity to do so, then at that point, they can turn it over to whoever they appoint, their agent. If there's no plan in place, then we would have to look toward guardianship, which is extremely expensive. It involves an attorney for the ward, who's a person that needs a guardianship. 
as well as an attorney for the other party, the guardian. So it's so much better just to pre-plan, just to make sure that you have those plans in place to avoid that because it is extremely expensive. We actually just did an episode, episode 11, all about guardianship. And I I think that another factor in that is you want to maintain as many rights and as much capacity as possible through your lifetime. And so not having to go that route, not that it's a bad thing, it's it's the right situation for some. And it's good to know that that help is there for those who actually need the services of a guardian. But when you have the capacity to to plan for yourself and to make your own decisions, obviously that's the better route. All right, so let's move on now to veterans benefits. Can you give us just a basic overview of what types of benefits are available? There are actually very many veterans benefits that are available. Um, The first is if you've been determined to be disabled, a disabled veteran gets specific benefits. And then there's also a program for aid and attendance, and it's also asset-based. However, with my grandfather, he was in World War II, and he passed, and he received aid and attendance, which is a check each month with very few restrictions that he could use. And when he passed, then my grandmother, who's we call a dual enroll. So she was in an assisted living facility, a beautiful place, and could actually receive veterans benefits. So her aid and attendance as a surviving spouse, as well as Medicaid. And it covered most of her stay, which was almost, it was just over three years of her stay. So there are benefits out there. We have an amazing VA office here in Polk County. The people there are exceptional and they sit down and they essentially take all of your asset information and understand the circumstances just like an attorney would and help with getting you qualified should you be able to. I want to circle back to the fact that spouses of veterans are also in a position to qualify for benefits. Absolutely. Any surviving spouse, uh, keyword spouse, so if there has been a, a separation of any kind, then that will not work. But the surviving spouse also can receive aid and attendance throughout their lifetime, which is extremely helpful, especially in an assisted living facility. Now, if you move on to a skilled nursing facility, that changes. So aid and attendance kind of backs off and Medicaid takes over. So those programs work hand in hand then? They do, most certainly, in a lot of ways. So if you are talking to a person who has not really started thinking about all of these things yet, and they may be eligible for veterans benefits, what type of services will veterans benefits cover? Uh, As far as veterans benefits cover, typically it covers most everything, to be completely honest. 
as far as unreimbursed medical expenses. So that could be a caregiver taking you to get your haircut or anything other than medical is typically covered. And it's a flat check once a month as long as you qualify and as long as you remain eligible. That's really great to know. A lot of things are not covered under insurance. And so if we compare the two, a veteran versus a non-veteran, the insurance is not going to cover, unless you have long-term care insurance, much of the care of, say, a home care agency or transportation, meals, things like that. Correct. So if you were able to qualify for government benefits uh, through the VA, some of your health care, home health care, could be provided for, uh, which is exceptionally helpful. It was with my grandfather's case to have somebody come in and just spend time with him, make sure he's okay, and also take care of the caregiver, which was my grandmother, which is something that we sometimes overlook is the caregiver likely takes the, most of the stress in the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you know, we've been through the caregiver route multiple times, and I don't think that we could have done that without the assistance of home care. And we were really lucky that my father-in-law planned for retirement. He had the plan in place. And so when, when assisted living was not an option for him anymore, when it was time to move to a memory care unit, we were able to actually bring him home and his planning ahead provided for daily caregivers who were here with him most of the day so that we could continue to work and do the things that you have to do to live life. And then in the evenings, spend our time just loving on him. And that was, gosh, the difference between that scenario and when I cared for my mom, who didn't have the pre-planning in place, was night and day. And I just can't stress enough to people how important it is to put yourself in a position to live those last years and months of your life without the stress of financial burdens clouding you all day long. Absolutely. And and that's another thing that we tell our clients all the time is, as we plan for this, um, all I want out of planning for you is for you to spend time with your family member as long as you have. And at that point, especially at end stage, um, that's all you need. You don't need to be worried about anything else. But being with your spouse, being with your father, being with your daughter, whatever it is in long-term care, um, it's that's the best thing in the world to not have that over your head and have peace of mind. Truth. Truer words were never spoken. <laughs> Good <laughs> so luck. one last thing. Yeah, I know. You know, it's hard to get that message across to people. They just don't understand. And I guess we'll just have to continue to shout it from the rooftops and, and people to get there so that they can have that experience for themselves. And I, I agree. It's, it's very interesting for me to see. Um, we have a lot of estate planning clients that come in in their 50s because they just went through it with their parents, regardless of whether it was Medicaid planning or just basic estate planning. We see that a lot, and then they see what they went through, and then all of a sudden, everybody, it's got your attention. You've put it in your back pocket for this long, and now all of a sudden, it's 
something that's extremely important. So one last question. Can you point our listeners to some resources where they can learn more, maybe websites, books, videos, your favorites? What are the favorites that you point your clients to? To be honest, uh, the first thing, and we have them in our office, is the Elder Care Guide. Oh, thank you. Well, it's true. Um, So we, we have them in our office, and if somebody's asking for a choice of a care provider, whether it be at home or ALF or skilled, that's a great resource. Um, all the phone numbers are in there. All the contact information's in there. It's very simple to give them that and advise beyond that as well. Uh, but it's an extremely helpful resource. Obviously, this is too, uh, this podcast as well as the blogs. but. Uh, the elder care guide, or obviously a licensed attorney. And like I said before, I love all my elder care, elder law attorneys here in town in Polk County. We're actually very lucky because everybody works together. If we have a question, we call the other attorney. And the other attorney's not being paid for that, but they still provide the information that, that could be helpful. Um, if, if you called me at any time, I can answer a quick question without a consultation, especially now with the issues that we're going through, um, virus wise, but another great resource is obviously United way you dialed two one one and they provide a lot of services. We've had issues in the past where someone could not pay their electric bill. And they called two on one and there's actually an emergency electric bill payment that's oversimplified, but, <laughs> but it, it, it kept her electricity on so she could live safely at home. And that was a big deal. The other place I would say is a senior connection center. I know they've renamed themselves. Their number is 813-740-3800. Eight, eight, and obviously, any attorney that is an elder law attorney is in this county is exceptional, and that's that's your best resource for information. Those are great resources, and just so the listeners know, anything that Tim has mentioned here, you'll find a link to that in the show notes. Um, also in the show notes, I'm going to put links to an elder care locator, which will help you to find the area agency on aging in your community. Ours here in the central Florida region in Lakeland, we have the senior connection center that Tim just mentioned, but you have one wherever you live. And we will put that locator link in the show notes for you as well. And also an elder law attorney locator so that you can find that in your area if you're out of the central Florida area. So show notes can be found at sageaging.us. Just go to that website, look for the blog post that accompanies episode 13, and you'll find all of those links, including links to Tim and Darby Law Group and all of the other library of podcasts that we've done thus far. Well, Tim, thank you for joining me today. I have learned so much over the last few weeks about elder law. You know, I thought I had a handle on a lot of this stuff, but I learn something new every time. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Um, that's my mission. It's not to be an attorney. It's to educate. So the most I can do is to educate as many people as I can. And I, it was a pleasure and an honor to be here. And again, thank you for all you're doing through this podcast, as well as uh, the Elder Care Guide, because that means a lot for our county. That's a big deal. And not many oh, counties have that. Well, I appreciate the feedback on that, and I'll I'll give myself a little explanation for those who live outside of the area. Polk Elder Care Guide is a very comprehensive senior resource guide that my husband and I have been publishing for a very long time. We're going on 27 years now. So if you'd like to take a look at that, go to polkeldercare.com. And although it is a resource for the Polk County, Florida area, the information in that guide is universal. So if you want to learn about what home care is, if you want to learn about what an elder law attorney does, if you'd like to know more about nursing home care or guardianship or what a life care manager is, all of that information is in that guide. And like Tim Our mission is to help educate people and to help connect people to things that will make their day-to-day easier. And so that is how this podcast was born. We knew that we were reaching people in the Polk County area, and we were ready to spread that help a little further. And so now we've got listeners all over the country. We're super excited about that. We want to be a part of the solution for you, and we want to help to connect you to the things that will make your life easier. And we are so lucky and blessed to have so many people who are willing to help us do that in our weekly guests. So thanks again, Tim. I appreciate you. And for the rest of you, I hope you'll join us next week. We have one more Uh, episode left in the Elder Law series, and we will be speaking with Carol Wallace. She's going to come and talk to us about probate and mediation. So we hope you come back and visit us again next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you found value in today's conversation, I'd really appreciate it if you would click subscribe now and share the Sage Aging Podcast with a friend. If you have topic ideas you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at sageaging.us.